Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. I am your host, Spen Harris, and I am joined right now by my brother, Nick Shanman, who has some really big news. We've been teasing it all day. Major announcement. Nick, take it away. Well, first off, thank you. I First off, whoever asked if the announcement was me actually showing up for the show, that was a good joke. I appreciate that. So good sense of humor. Uh, I am here. It's a pleasure to be here. Always nice to see Spen's ugly face uh, and to talk basketball with my big bro. Um, I do want to say to everyone with a heavy heart and uh, and a heavy something else that I am leaving Fireside uh, as a permanent member. I will obviously come back in the future as a guest. I will be the number one go-to guest, obviously, because of my extremely hot, sexy takes. Um, but this will be my last episode of Fireside for the time being. I want to thank everybody who has tuned in to listen to me, specifically and not Spen. I feel like I have my own fan base within the Fireside community that probably doesn't like Spen. What I ask you as a favor to me going forward is still tune in. He's doing his best. He's taking classes. He's getting the help he needs. Uh, keep watching and listening to Fireside Nets. It's the best Nets podcast in the world, and it's going to continuously grow and take off. So with that, Spen, I want to thank you for having me all these years. Has it been over a year? It's been a few years. Yeah, time flies when you're talking Brooklyn Nets basketball. It's been over 150 episodes. I've probably been over 100. I've probably been here for like 120 of them, I'd say. At least. Maybe maybe at most. Um, we've, We've had highs. We've had lows. Uh, we've hated the Nets, we've loved the Nets, but no matter what, we've always, always, always kept looking forward to the future where one day the Nets will bring a championship to Brooklyn. So that's all I got for now. I love you guys. Thank you for, for listening and supporting me and Spen. Good luck with everything in the future. Yeah, and, and, and Nick, we're extremely grateful for your contributions to the podcast. Look, when, wait, when we started... Wait, I want everyone to know I still hate Darren Williams. Fuck yeah. Darren Williams and his time in Brooklyn. Sorry, you can that, thank me now. That's your big take. Uh, no, listen, I, I think that I speak for everybody who, who's a listener of the podcast. We appreciate all the contributions. You know, when you showed up, you were great. Um, but <laughs> why, move, why does that have to be a guy? I don't understand why that's like. We're, we're moving on. Listen, so the special announcement was not, and there's Nick's Sean Kilpatrick bobblehead for everybody who's, who's watching on YouTube or our stream. You questioning my dedication and love for the Brooklyn Nets? Who out here has a Sean yeah. Kilpatrick bobblehead? This is Sean Kilpatrick. Okay, what did he go to? Pro- what was he? Was he Providence? Where did he go to school? No. Uh, oh, I know this. Someone's. You're gonna have to look this up. But while you're looking it up, we're burying the lead right now, Nick. And the lead is we have a new co-host of the pot. So Cincinnati, Nick is Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Sean Kilpatrick was Cincinnati. Nick has been planning this departure for a minute now. I needed to find the absolute best replacement for him, and it's I found Sean that person. It's not Sean Kilpatrick. It is none other than Pete from the Only Nets Fans You Know podcast. 
For those who are avid fans of Nets Twitter, you've definitely seen his Twitter account. He's been a, a guest host for the last two weeks. He is now our permanent co-host of Fireside Nets. As Nick mentioned, we'll, we'll have him on as uh, you know, as the occasional guest. I don't know. We never really agreed for him to be the number one guest, but he'll definitely be a guest of the show. But I am more than happy to add a recognized member of the Nets Twitter community to the show. I could not be more excited to be working with this gentleman. Pete, this is your introductory press conference officially to Fireside Nets. Welcome, welcome. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Can I want to give a little background? He's my brother, Pete. He's my brother now. Oh, <laughs> All right, all right, Nick. A, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. Let me give them a little bit of a background. If you guys don't know me, uh, I run the account at NetFans. You know, I run the only NetFans. You know podcast. I started it about three years ago with my best friend Charlie. It's done really well. I got to meet these guys through the podcast. I've been a Nets fan my entire life. Uh, I work as a coach, so I have a little bit of a basketball background, and I'm just really, really fucking excited, man. I'm ready. Let's fucking go. I'm really ready. Welcome. I'm going to officially hand you the Sean Kilpatrick bobblehead. This is the reins. This is the reins to Fireside Nets. He figuratively accepts it. Um, Thank you, guys. Till next time. All right. And Nick is officially out of here, which means it's just Pete and I. Pete, before we get into Nets news. Talk to the fans real quick. How did you become a Nets fan? I want a quick synopsis of your origin story. I'll keep it short and quick. Uh, I started watching the team in the Jason Kidd days. I was a big Yankee fan. My family are big Yankee fans. I used to have a ticket plan. And it just it went down as something as simple as this. The Nets were on the Nets. Uh, the Nets were on the Yes Network. Bad teams were orange and, and, uh, and blue. And it, and that, it just jumped from there. It became something that I became obsessed with, trying to watch every game. I try. I live in Brooklyn, travel to New Jersey whenever I could to catch a game. My dad would drive me, We, you know, a couple hour drives, trying to get out of that parking lot at the Continental, Continental Airlines Arena. Uh, it's been a long time coming. What, what age was that about when you started rooting for the team? Maybe 10, 11. That's that's wild. Look, this is me. Me and Pete are a little bit older. We're we're well into our thirties, and uh, we've been rooting for this Nets team for over twenty years now. So it, it's it's. And I'm I'm glad to bring you on. You're a diehard Nets fan, just like myself. And Pete, without further ado, and by the way, I almost called you Nick. If I call you Nick, I apologize. We've been doing over 150 episodes together, but this is a new chapter for this podcast, and uh, I'm just excited. for the potential of what me and Pete can accomplish. So, Pete, let's start with some news. There are rumors floating around that Hawks guard DeJounte Murray might be available in the right deal per Eric Pincus. Is he someone that the Brooklyn Nets should look into? Absolutely. He's making $17 this this upcoming year. Then he's going to be a free agent. A couple people are a little nervous that his next deal is going to be like one of these humongous max deals that would cripple the Nets. Uh, I don't believe in that. I think you go for the talent. If I had to pick between Dame or Murray, I'm going to go with Murray. 
just because he's younger. I think he's 26, 27 years old. Uh, fits perfectly in our timeline. You, you make it work. You get the talent and you make it work. That's the coach's job. Yeah, uh, Murray's 26 years old, like you said. And I, I, I agree with all your points. The thing that I love about Murray is he's got that dog in him, man. I, I mean, you know, I've seen him on podcasts, and he kind of talks about how he wasn't really able to flourish in, in San Antonio. It's more of a, a process there. You know, Popovich isn't looking for, for stars. He's looking to, to put guys into his system and make it work. You really saw what he can do in Atlanta. He was an all-star this past season. Um and he's just not afraid of the moment. I love his energy. I love his grit. He is absolutely someone who I can see being the perfect complement to Mikael Bridges, to Cam Johnson, to Nick Claxton, getting these guys involved, but at the same time look, looking for his own shot and being able to score the basketball. So I absolutely w- would love this trade. I agree with you. I think I'd like it more more than the Dame deal um, from a financial standpoint and from a youth standpoint. All right. We're going to move on. There's a lot to talk about today, Pete. Uh, we got to talk about Damian Lillard. You know, the watch continues. This recent news came out. He is actively trying to recruit free agents to Portland. Is this something that we should be worried about as Nets fans, or is this complete total BS? I think it's a smokescreen. I think it's it's more like, hey, you know, would you be interested in coming to Portland? You know, like I might stay if if you guys come, if you come, quote, unquote, if you come Jalen Brown, if you come, you know, enter star player here. But um, look at the roster. A lot of young guys, good young talent, don't get me wrong, but they're not ready to compete right now. And I, I don't, I don't want to offend any Blazers fans, but it, it's true. You guys are going to have a great young team in about two, three years. They'll be ready. This is not the, you know, this is not the move right now. The move I think would be trading Dane. I'll tell you what I think is happening here. I think that the front office is asking Dame to bear with them. I think that they know they're eventually going to trade him, but they don't want to show all their cards right now. So they're saying, hey, do us a favor. See if you have any friends around the NBA who are going to be free agents who would be willing to come here. And you know what Damian Lillard's doing? He's not even looking. He's pressing his phone. You know, he's fake pressing buttons on his phone, putting the phone to his ear, saying, hey, Jalen Brown, you want to come play in Portland? Oh, uh, you don't? Okay, cool. Yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry, front office. I, I tried, and he was unavailable. That's what's happening right now. Okay, Damian Lillard is ready for a new destination. The, the Blazers are not an attractive place for free agent stars to come play at. And I, I just think that they're doing this song and dance because the Blazers want to make it known to their fans that they did everything they could to keep the best player on their franchise in the last 15 years. You know, I think Damian Lillard had more of an impact to the, on the Blazers franchise than LaMarcus Aldridge did, than, than Brandon Roy did. I mean, you got to go all the way back to the early 2000s, the, the years of Rasheed Wallace, when you can really think of, of a player who impacted the team as, as much as Damian Lillard has. So I think that this is, I agree with you. They're all smoke screens. They want to deal him but they want to try to make it seem like they're trying every single tactic to keep, to keep Damian Lillard. And, and now, you know, today a, a report came out that there's a potential Western conference contender looking to trade for the number two or number three overall pick. The Pelicans are reported super interested in Scoot Henderson. So I, I mean, if the Blazers draft Scoot Henderson at three, is that someone that 
you know, the Pelicans would, would throw out Ingram and Zion Williamson to, to get Scoot Henderson. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Obviously, they're not going to trade both those guys, but would they make one of those guys available in, in a trade? And does Brandon Ingram, Ingram or Zion Williamson keep Damian Lillard in Portland? I just don't know. So let's say they make the deal, right? Let's say they get Brent. Let's say best case scenario, they get Ingram, right? You got Dame, Ingram, you got Simmons, you got Nurkic. You look at that lineup, uh, you got a couple other players, of course, but that does not compete in the West. Are, are they really going to be challenging the Nuggets? No. Like, let's be honest. They're trying to make sure that the price doesn't drop too low for Dame. Uh, I know you saw that story earlier this week that I, I think was like a very reasonable deal for the Nets. I thought it was too sweet for the Nets, actually. What was it? Dinwiddie, Harris, and two firsts or three firsts? Like, and Patty Mills. Easy. Yep. Like, why would they do that? That's a nightmare for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But I, at the same time, I think at the end of the day, they're not going to have that much leverage because Damian Lillard is not going to want to play on a, on a young team that's a borderline 10 seed in the West. So eventually, the Pickens are going to get slim. The Nets have, you know, I think the fourth most uh, something about the, the fourth most picks in the next few years, maybe f- fourth most first round picks. I forget what the stat was, but the Nets are one of the only teams in the league who need a point guard who are equipped to make this team for Dame. And I think the more that Portland recognizes that, the better deal that they might walk away with. I agree. Right. I think we'll have to wait all the way to draft night, to be honest. Yeah. And again, that's, that's tough for Nets fans, but I, I don't see a, a trade happening before then. I agree with you. Let's move on to this next segment. I just I'm, – I'm a rankings guy. You know, Pete, I love to rank things. It's, it's how I live my life. I rank everything from food to TV shows to movies to people. Um, so in this situation, I want you to rank these five players based on who you would want traded to the Nets. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. Damian Lillard, DeJounte Murray, Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, Trey Young. I'm going to go with, okay, I'm going to go with overall fit. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm going to try to put contracts in there, but I'm just looking at overall fit. I would say Murray, Cat, Dame, Levine, Young. Murray, Cat, Dame, Levine, Young. Okay. Why is Levine so low on the list? Why would you want Cat over Levine? Because I figure we're going to have, uh, well, Cat, obviously, we know that he can knock down the three, right? Perfect stretch guy for this offense that's going to need some help if we don't get another, you know, another score, right? Figured he could fill in nicely there, stretch the floor. Uh, I like Levine a lot, but I have a problem with him at shooting guard because I figure Ben is going to be our point guard, right? Yeah. That's what I'm assuming. Sure. And then that means you're going to have to move Bridges to the small forward. CJ the power forward. Hate, I, I shouldn't say I hate, but not a fan of CJ at the four. A little bit too small for me. That's okay, that's fair. And, and in the cat move, would you think we keep Claxton or we'll probably have to give Claxton up in that deal? Probably give him up, right? Yeah, I would think so. I don't disagree a ton. I would go first. I love Zach Levine. I don't know why. There's something about his game. It just it wows me every time he's able to just take over. I'd go Levine number one. Really? Murray number – yeah, yeah, I love oh. him. And, again, I, I don't think the Nets have a, a glaring 
need at point guard? Is Dinwiddie or Ben Simmons the answer? I don't know, but they're both comparable players. Um, you'll probably have to give up one of them in a deal for Levine. So whoever is left over would be your point guard. But I, I'd go Levine, Murray number two, Cat number three. I'll go Dame number four and Trey Young number five. I think we both agree on Trey Young. Um, I like Cat, but at the same time, I've fallen in love with Nick Claxton. If you can keep this guy and, and keep growing and just just get four shooters around him, I think he is someone who has gotten better and better the last few seasons. I don't think he's as good as Carl Anthony Towns, but he is someone who, who knows our culture, knows our program. I use that word culture very loosely. Um, I would love to keep Clax, and if you're somehow able to, to, you know, to get a Levine or a Murray, and all you have to give up is is a Ben Simmons or a Spencer Dinwiddie, I say I say you go for it. Um, in terms of point guard, all right. The next segment is called this or that. So for all you diehard Nets fans out there, there have been a few videos of of our players working out in the off season. Recently, I saw videos of Nick Claxton working out with Javale McGee. He is looking yoked. Um, we've also seen images of Ben Simmons looking absolutely jacked doing his workout. So, Pete, what do you enjoy seeing more? Claxton looking ripped or Ben Simmons looking jacked? Ben Simmons. De- definitely Ben Simmons for sure. Because this team is only going to go as far as him next year, I feel. Uh, if he comes back and is an all-star and then we wind up adding a Dame – this team is going to be able to contend and contend very quickly. And okay. About, I don't know if you saw Apparently some of those pictures were Photoshopped, like as a joke. I did. I did see that. Um, so that, that, that caught me a little bit. <laughs> I didn't realize they were Photoshopped. So I got extra hype for no reason whatsoever. No, I get that. And at the same time, we know Ben's putting in the offseason work. I got to go with those Claxton videos, those, though, Pete. And I say that because – Claxton had a stellar year this past year. And a lot of guys, you know, they could have this year and they go into the offseason and they're like, you know what? I need I need a few weeks. I need a month. I, I just need to rest. I, I just killed it. He is back in the lab working his tuchus off right now, getting stronger, getting bigger. And, and and you know, once those actual basketball training sessions start, he's gonna he's been working on his free throws a little bit, working on his overall game. Um, I'm ready for this guy to just keep getting better and better. I said it in the last segment, but ooh, I was something was was coming over me watching those videos, man. Of him just working and you know doing the the lunges with the weight in his hands, I I, I can't wait for for Nick Claxton, and I have much more confidence that he's going to come out and do exactly what he did, you know, if not more this year than I have in Ben Simmons. That's fair. All right, let's move on. I call this segment. Playing the game outside the game. Brooklyn Nets star Mikhail Bridges showing up to the Liberty game with Grant Williams. Mikhail Bridges has been everything the Nets could ask for off the court. I just want to give him props. He, he, he must have watched Kyrie and KD while they were here, and he said, I'm going to do everything the exact opposite of how those guys handled themselves off the court. Um, I, I know, I, I think KD and Kyrie went to a few Liberty games, but th- they haven't embraced the city like Mikhail has. I am just in love with this guy. And, and you know, he, he goes to the game with, with Grant Williams, and it's almost like all every Nets fan sees that, and they're like, yeah, we can, we can care less about Grant Williams. Shout out to our guy, Mikhail Bridges, showing love for the Liberty and, and, and being there and, and being their biggest fan. Like, this guy can do no wrong right now, Pete. 
I think it's very interesting that Grant Williams is a restricted free agent. Let's keep that in mind. Is that something there? I don't know. Like, is this a sort of like, let's go to the Liberty game. I'll show you around the city, see if you're interested sort of thing. Or is this just, yo, what's up, bro? You want to come to the game? You know, like, obviously they played each other. They, you know, they know each other. What do you think? I don't want Grant Williams on my team. I, I think that. I think that he really? fit in Boston. Yeah. I, I don't I like him, man. No, 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 no. I don't like that he went at Jimmy Butler and then Butler absolutely sunned him. I don't like that earlier in the year um, he had that moment where he said, I'm going to hit both these free throws and proceeded to miss both of them. Uh, is he a good role player? Sure. But I think at times his his confidence is absolute, absolutely his biggest downfall. And I think he almost gets overconfident. And he's got to recognize that, like, dude, you're Grant Williams. You are not Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You are not a top three player on your team, and you will never be. And I think those moments, you know, when he's talking shit to Jimmy Butler, that's a, hey, you're the eighth or ninth best guy in the Celtics. What the fuck do you think you're doing talking shit to Jimmy Butler? Like, are you surprised at what happened next? For him, and again, like in that clutch situation, I forgot who it was, who they were playing, but he goes, oh, I'm going to hit both of these. Bro, just go to the line. Like, for me, he talks too much for a role player. That's my issue with him. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I, I, I saw him take pictures um, with a few Nets fans at the Liberty game and their kids. So nothing against his character as a guy. But in terms of him on the basketball court and, and how, you know, he affects the team, yeah, when, when he's hitting threes and he's defending, okay, great. But I, I, I've seen too many instances where he's, he's kind of screwed himself with either his mouth or, or just – his decision-making, and um, I don't want him on my basketball team. I think he's a good fit. He can knock down the three. And listen, he was a role player for a team that made the finals. Let's, like, let's not shit on the dude. And what do, you want, what do you want him to do, Sven? You want him to be like, I'm not going to hit these free throws. You know what I mean? Like, let the guy be confident. You know what? You're right. Maybe you shouldn't talk shit to Jimmy Butler. That one, that one you can't defend. The, the free throw thing I get, but that one you can't defend. That one I cannot defend. But I, I, I want my players to be confident. You know what I mean? I, I want some shit talking. Like, let, let's go. You know what I mean? That there's not enough of that. But he does need to hit the free throws if he's going to say that, though. I get what you're saying. I look at it as, as a know your role sort of moment. Just, just know your role. Know, know that if, if you're in these situations, you are the eighth best guy on the team. You should, you should not be going after the one or the two or the three or, or anybody in the starting lineup on any other team. Um, all right. This next segment is called Money, 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 Money. Money, 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 Money. You like that? That's you know, me and Nick are singers. Cam Johnson could command four years, $90 million, according to reports. Should the Brooklyn Nets pay him his money? Absolutely. And he's going to get way more than $90 million. If anyone's been following my account, my Twitter account, I've been saying this for a long while. Houston has a lot of money. Supposedly they like him. They're going to be able to throw pretty much whatever. Think of this from a couple of years ago, right? We have Sean Marks throwing money at Alan Crabb, throwing money at Tyler Johnson, trying to make these playoff teams that didn't have too much cap room, pay to keep their guys, pay to keep their young talent. This is a similar thing. And it's almost kind of like a double fuck because they throw out a big contract to this guy, let's say four years, $105 million, maybe even more. Worst case scenario, they, they get a nice young player. 
best case scenario, they make us overpay. And, you know, it, it's, it sucks. It sucks. But this is, you know, this is the game, right? This is the game, and Cam Johnson is not Alan Crabb. He's not Tyler Johnson. Cam Johnson is a legit stud. Um, you see, his coming out party was basically that 76ers series. Uh, he went off a, a game or two. He dunked on Joel Embiid. Um, you know, he's had half a year in our system. This is going to be year one and a half for him. I'm very excited for him to be part of the Brooklyn Nets future. I think that him and Mikhail – as your wings, you know, he can be the undersized four, like you said. Um, those are building blocks. Those are pieces that you can build around and be a, a contender in the East. So I absolutely think – I agree with you. He'll probably get more than 90. Someone's going someone's gonna to offer him a lot of money. The Nets are going to match it. Um, all right, this next segment you brought up to me earlier in the week, and I'm not really sure what to make of it still, so I want you to talk me through it. It's called Good Teammate or Bad Teammate is the name of the segment. Explain to me – why Patty Mills is a good teammate or a bad teammate, because there's been a lot of talk on Nets Twitter uh, about this narrative that, that he's a, a veteran and he helps the locker room. There are certain people, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to name names, but they don't feel that way. So explain to me what I'm missing when people say Patty Mills is, is not a great teammate and he's not a great veteran leader. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not afraid to name names. I'm just gonna say it. I respect this guy. He has always. Oh, I, I like him too. He's he's a good dude. I just yeah, yeah. yeah. Jay from BK and everybody yeah. here on Nets Twitter, you know Jay from BK, and uh, I think everybody assumes in Nets Twitter in Nets world that Patty was brought back after having a good year. Remember, he got burnt out. Remember, he had the Olympics. Then he kind of uh, kind of kept us afloat when Seven Eleven was kind of hurt or you know going through stuff. And like I said, at the end of the year, he gets burnt out, opts out of the contract. Sean Marks re-signs him to a bigger deal, keep in mind, a bigger deal. And now we have Ben Simmons. So it's like, oh, you get it, right? We get it. He's going to uh, be, you know, the camaraderie guy. He's going to keep everybody together. He's, you know, Australian with Ben. He's going to help out Ben. And it's going to be great. And, uh, and I, I just saw an interesting tweet from Jay from BK saying that it may not be what it seems. And he posted up a video of, uh, I, I'm not sure what game it was. It was a game during the season and everybody's in the huddle. And one of the only guys not in the huddle is Patty Mills. So I don't know if that's, you know, evidence of saying, oh, this guy is not, you know, the, the, the team guy. I don't know. Is it a PR thing, you know, for the Nets saying that he's the, the, that guy? I'm not sure. I know Jay from BK. I think he goes to a lot more games than, than I do. So if he's seeing something that we're not, I would tend to trust him. I would tend to believe him. He has, he has no reason to lie or sully Patty Mills' uh, reputation. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. I, I had not seen that narrative until you brought it up. So very interesting. All right, real quick. We have the finals. Game five is tonight. If you're listening on Tuesday, the game already happened. So congratulations to Denver for being your 2022-23 World NBA Champions, or congratulations to Miami for forcing a Game 6. One of these two things will happen if you're listening on Tuesday. One of these two scenarios already happened. Any further comments on that, Pete? Congrats to Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan. What if they lose? Uh, congratulations, you'll win next game. What if they lose Game 6? Then, then they might be in a little bit of trouble. But All right. Congratulations at Game Seven. All right. 
Pete, we're going to finish the podcast uh, with a rapid fire. You are the new official co-host of Fireside Nets. And yes, you gave your background, you gave your origin story, but there's still a lot of questions the audience has about you. So I've consolidated them all into 10 questions, rapid fire, think quick, answer faster. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm ready. All right. Question number one, favorite food slash meal of all time? Cheesecake. Number two, favorite net of all time? BC and Spencer Dinwiddie. Ty. Number three, best Nets game you've ever been to? Game two, I believe it was game two of uh, of the big three versus the Celtics. The, the, I think the Nets wound up killing them, and they wound up, obviously wound up winning the series to get to Milwaukee. That that was a good game. That or I'm gonna, you know what? I gotta change my answer. It's Knicks Nets the first time in Brooklyn. That was probably the best game I went to. That sounds like a pretty sick environment to be in. All right, question number four. Where is your go-to spot on the basketball court? Got to be the free throw line because I can't shoot for shit. Listen, free throws are shots too. Number five, if you can go out to dinner with one player on this current Nets team, who would it be? Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay. Easy. Number six, favorite movie of all time? I'm going to give you a TV show. I'm okay, not that's fair. The movies, so I'm going to give you a TV show. And I love the fuckery of 90 Day Fiance. I love it. No, listen, that's, I don't mean for this to be an insult. I, I watch it too with my wife. It's one of her favorite shows. My girlfriend got me into it. Shout out to my 90 girlfriend. Day fiance. I was supposed to thank her earlier. No, you're you're good. Um, do you watch uh, Married at First Sight too? That's another one that my I, wife I, loves. I my girlfriend does. I watch. She she gets me to do it, but I'm not the night they found the whole thing of seeing these these people travel places and they get the weirdest combinations of people. I, I, it's the fuckery. I love it. I can't get into it. All right, that. all right. Back to rapid fire number seven: Barclays Center, Continental Arena, or Prudential Center. Barclays Center because I live 15 minutes away. Continental Airlines because of uh, just nostalgia, but I. But if if you had to pick one, Barclays. Barclays, number eight, dream guest on this podcast. Richard Jefferson. That's a good one. Number nine, how many Nets jerseys do you own? Twenty-one. Holy shit, that's impressive. Number ten, will the Nets win a championship? In the next five years. For my mental health, yes. All right. There you have it, Pete. You completed the rapid fire for Fireside Nets. How do you think your first episode went? A little shaky at, at the beginning, you know, because that guy, Nick, he kind of fucked things up. But He, he tends know, to I do that. Saved the, you, you know, I, I saved the episode. I helped you guys out. We pulled through. And uh, I'm excited, man. And I just want to thank everybody for giving this a chance giving me a chance. Uh, you know, I was watching Spen easily as just a couple months ago, a couple years ago when I was starting, you know, before I started my own podcast, I was on Nets Daily, like just typing up in the comment section. So this is, you know, this means a lot to me. And I really appreciate everyone giving me the time to, you know, to talk my shit on this podcast. And thank you, Spen, for giving me the platform. And I'm really excited. I'm ready to fucking just go in and just kill shit. 
Pete, you're making me want to run through a brick wall for you, man. I mean, this this is the beginning of something awesome. You know, look, I, I love Nick. He's my brother. Me and him are going to be working on something uh, off the side that, you know, I'll, I'll fill in the audience when it's a little bit more clear. But uh, you got to make sure you plug his, his show. Yeah, I mostly blame myself. Nick's comedy sketch show. Their next uh, their next show is July 29th, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that. Please look them up. In the city at the Players Theater, one of the funniest sketch comedy shows in Manhattan. Please check them out. It is called I Mostly Blame Myself. Um, but look, me and Pete are going to do incredible things on this podcast. We're going to have some sick guests over the next few weeks. And we're going we're gonna to talk you through everything Brooklyn Nets related. We are your Brooklyn Nets therapy. Tune in next week for another edition of Fireside Nets brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Pete, thanks for, for being the official new co-host, and uh, we'll get back after it next week. Got you. Love it. Let's go. All right. Let's go. As always, everyone, catch you on the fireside.